Hello, I'm Ari, your host at Episteme Entrepreneur, the podcast dedicated to science, tech, and innovation. Today, my guest is Dr. François-Xavier Pellet. He holds a PhD in, medicine, in biology and medicine from the University of Lille in France. He is also an expert in the science of anti-aging and longevity, former group leader at the, at the Mediterranean Institute of Life Science, led by the famous professor Miroslav Radman. Uh, Dr. Pelé is also a serial biotech uh, entrepreneur. He's currently uh, the founder, CEO of a new venture, the Cell Culture Lab, dedicated to skin rejuvenation. Nice to have you, Dr. Pelé. How, how are you today? Very good. Thank you. Good morning. And thank you for inviting me to this podcast. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure because you have a, you have a very interesting background and, and a professional experience. And I think... Uh, Um, the audience of this podcast will, will very will enjoy to, to hear about uh, your path. So um, the interview will be organized in three parts. Uh, we will talk about your backstory. Uh, who are you? Uh, where are you from? Uh, what motivates you um, when you were young? Then we will talk about, um, let's say, more about the transition from uh, the academic path to uh, the industrial and entrepreneurship path. And then, of course, we will, we will, we'll talk about in deep about uh, your new venture, the Cell Culture Lab. Do you agree? Yeah, perfect. Fantastic. So, uh, Dr. Pelé, uh, who are you? <laughs> And <laughs> could you remember a little bit about yourself when you were young? Um, how the science spirit emerged in your mind and eventually even... Uh, the innovator and entrepreneur spirit uh, was was it was it already there when you were when you were a child or a young student? Uh, that's a good question. So yeah, I am actually science came first. That's for sure. Uh, I grew up in the countryside in France, uh, in a village close to a city called Angers, and uh, I spent most of my childhood uh, outdoor and uh, in middle of nature. And I was already passionate from as far as I can remember. My interest was uh, very much into animals and their behavior. And so I was basically a born biologist. <laughs> and uh, as I grew older, this passion keep on, keep on growing really. Uh, and when I reached uh, high school, so about 14, 15 years old, Uh, that's when a new passion actually started to emerge, which was uh, the interest into aging and longevity. So that's actually quite young <laughs> to have that kind of, uh, of interest. But it was more than an interest. It basically started to, to, to be like an obsession already at that age. Uh, I remember when I was in high school telling my classmates that when I'm older, I will find a cure for aging. and. Um, So, yeah, I guess I just um, came to realize at that age that uh, aging is the thing the most likely to kill me uh, and to, you know, that affects everybody, uh, literally everybody on this planet. Um, and so it was, for me, something that was worth dedicating my life to. So then all of my education, all of the things that came after that uh, went into that direction. So that makes actually things much easier when you already know in which direction you want to go. It's fascinating because uh, you have, you know, uh, it's very à la mode uh, now to say that uh, aging is a disease, uh, is even the, the, the cause of the cause, is, you know, the, the mother of all disease. Uh, but you have already this instinct to, to you know, you, 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 you knew that aging was not something natural, you know, something that, Okay, it's life, and we can we can't do anything about it. You already have this understanding that to know that we can do something about it. This is fascinating uh, because um, I am myself a, a, a biologist, and I think um, I, I have a, you know course in university from uh, from gerontologists and and other uh, developmental biologists who told us that you know aging is something that we can't do anything because it's entropy, it's physical law, you know, something like that. But in fact, now we have more and more evidence that it's a disease, you know, it's the, the, the cause of all disease. Uh, and we can, we can cure it. Uh, we, we, we have serious um, uh, now, um, what, let's say, uh, evidence that we can, we can, we can find cure against, against aging. 
so this is fascinating how uh, very young you already uh, have this instinct. Uh, is it is it something that happened in your life that you you, you identify aging as the enemy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I guess somehow you 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 can see it like that. But it was really, yeah, I I didn't um, I didn't want to see aging as a fatality from the start. That's true. Uh, I I couldn't understand why would, I mean, I understand why it happens to some degree, but uh, I couldn't see why we couldn't do anything about it, basically, because, you know, uh, saying that it's natural doesn't mean much. Uh, I mean, virus and bacteria are natural as well, but we're still trying to fight them really hard. So um, there was for me no reason not to consider aging in that way. And so, yeah, I, I actually organized uh, all of my, like I said, since it was early on, I organized my education uh, to, 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 to be more uh, practically useful in the search of, of a cure for aging. So my, my background is also a little bit uh, unusual in that way. So I try to, well, basically the way I see it, aging is one of the most complex things you, uh, you can look at in terms of biology because it's, it's basically as complex as biology itself. So it, it you know, it impacts every level of, of uh, organization in, in uh, so, you know, at the molecular level, cellular level, uh, organs, everything is, is impacted by aging. And so my, my view was that the more I understand at many different levels, the more I will be efficient at finding solutions. So I, I studied my background as, a, let's say, biologist, general biologist. Uh, like I said, I had very big interest in, in nature. So uh, even the environment was something that I was interested in. And um, in, during my bachelor, I switched to biochemistry. So I went to smaller scale. Then I actually finished uh, my second year of uh, master degree as a, as a chemist. So organic chemistry, so even smaller scale. And, uh, and after that, well, I had a year where I was working uh, as a chemist. And then when I came back to do my PhD, I did a PhD in bioinformatics. Mm. So quite different. Um, the main interest for me was not so much bioinformatics, even so it's very interesting. It was more the aspect of systems biology. Mm. So in systems biology, in all these omics that you see, you cannot just look at one thing at a time. You're looking at, you know, whole thing happening at once. So this is something that's very important when you're tackling aging and not all biologists can basically, um, let's say, embrace the complexity as much as a system biologist. So I, 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 I finished my PhD relatively uh, quickly, actually. And after that, I started working with uh, Miroslav Radman in a lab where they were doing completely different things as well. So my postdoc, very short postdoc actually, uh, included, uh, well, evolution was a big topic. Uh, and, and I will explain later how it came very much in handy in my, in my life. Um, uh, bacteriology also, uh, genetic, well, many different aspects of aging. But this is, I mean, Miroslav Radman's lab is really tackling very, very fundamental questions. So this was also something interesting in that sense. And only after that did I switch towards more uh, applied science and I work with the industry. So um, in, when you join uh, Miroslav Radman lab in Paris, uh, just to remind for, for the audience that Miroslav Radman is a, a leading scientist in the in the DNA repair uh, system, is so therefore, and, the, and DNA repair system is one of the key cause of aging when when it's disturbed, dysfunctioning. <clears throat> so he's uh, uh, maybe uh, one of the greatest scientists in this era. So you you join uh, his lab, you work in a, in a postdoc, and then you started really to to understand the mechanism of aging. You know, to to put all the pieces together. And then you, um, what was the next step? You, you then joined um, um, a private company, right? As a, as a researcher. Yeah. So basically how things happen, it's also interesting to, to, to put yeah, Miro back in the, in the context, because like you said, his main research and what he's most famous for is DNA repair. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but when I came to his lab, he actually, uh, he was studying uh, some extremophile organisms, some bacteria that were very tough because they were, they were able to repair their DNA in very extreme condition after uh, gamma radiation and things like that. And basically that's the moment in his career when he did the shift between his interest to DNA towards his interest in protein, because basically he realized that the reason they were able to fix their DNA is because their protein, their enzyme, uh, were still uh, functional and able to fix the DNA. So he made really this big shift in his career a few years before I arrived in his lab. And it's also about that time that he really started to be interested in, in, in the questions of aging and, and, and longevity. And yeah, so, so I, I got hired in his lab mostly out of my passion for this kind of topic. And uh, actually, Miro was uh, already uh, a friend with the, the, the owner of a company called Naos, mm. which is a cosmetic company uh, with brands like the most famous one being Bioderma. Mm. And, uh, and basically, uh, they, they, they arranged that my salary would be paid by this company. So I enter, let's say, by a small door the 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 world of uh, of uh, industry but yet i was still working in miroslav radman's lab very fundamental uh, lab and working on very uh, very fundamental questions as well uh, and, and you moved in croatia right because now, now that's, yes that's a few years after that so i stayed in paris in miro's lab so it's a inserm lab for about five five six years and uh and then Miro had also a, an institute, a whole institute in Croatia, who was dedicated to, well, actually to all biology, but mostly uh, with the intent of doing something about aging as well. And he invited me to start my own lab there. So I was relatively young postdoc. <laughs> uh, well, I wasn't postdoc technically because I was paid by the industry. So I was a researcher, but, um, it was very good, you know, very good opportunity for me, uh, and and the uh, and the company that that was uh, financing so far just my salary. The research was still paid by uh, by Miro's lab at the time by Inserm. Uh, then was they they, they 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 covered. They were basically financing the institute, and they covered the, 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 all the cost of the research uh, that was done uh, after that. So I stayed uh, about five five to six more years in Croatia in that, in that context, working in metals with one uh, fit in industry and another in more, more fundamental research. As a group leader at, um, at Miroslav Institute, but also as a director of research, uh, focusing on the anti-aging and longevity for NAOS at the same time. Yes, yes, yes. And could you tell us about uh, a little bit about the specificity of doing uh, this kind of research, you know, uh, one fit on the fundamental side and one fit for the industry, how uh, the reporting was organized, what what the industry, what now was expecting from your research, or do you have a full uh, uh, green light to do whatever you want, or, or they want a specific application, specific outcome? How 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 was it? How did how did you organize this uh, this relationship, this dialectic between fundamental and industrial research? Yeah, so this this is very unusual uh, situation, I would say. And it has really some big advantages. It has some drawback as well, but it has huge uh, advantages. The main one being, uh, well, budget, first of all. I basically never had to look for a budget for my research, which is, you know, something that almost all researchers dream about. Uh, that's probably you heard, <laughs> you heard before. Um, the main drawback being, of course, that my ability to publish was very much restricted, almost down to nothing. So I did, I did manage to publish one or two papers during my long time, uh, over 10 years uh, working there, as long as the paper were far away from what I was directly doing. Uh, and we also had two uh, patents under my name uh, that were published during that time. So... Uh, yeah, so that's that's the main that's the main let's say positive and and, and negative aspect. But to be honest, um, I also had uh, very very much of freedom 
during this whole time. So I, I was, especially the first few years uh, when I was in Paris, it was basically total freedom. I, I, I had no much uh, management from, from uh, Naos. They were expecting me to bring them new, new things. And the best way to do that is to, it's to let me do my thing. And even in, even in medals, uh, the situation was still similar. So I was reporting, of course, uh, on a regular basis on everything I was doing. And uh, yeah, and so this, this was all a very, uh, let's say, healthy and productive uh, relationship between uh, Naos, uh, Medils and Miro and, and myself. So this, this was uh, productive in that sense, yes. Wow, this is great to, to hear that uh, a private company uh, funded and supported uh, basic research uh, with full green light uh, offered to the scientists. This is really great because usually they, they want you know very very specific outcome and and they, they benefit from it though. Mm. So I did some discovery that ended up in in product for them. So this was this was uh, the idea was still for me to be. Uh, it was not pure fundamental. Sure. The idea was still to come up with things that can be useful for them. And actually, more the time passed and the, the closer I was uh, to the company. Uh, I learned also from 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 such company about the world of of industry and all the all the yeah all that it implies basically the importance of marketing for example which is something that doesn't exist mm. in in, uh, in in classical research but is very important as soon as you go towards uh, industry and again like I said it's cosmetic industry so you can imagine the importance of marketing in such industry. Sure. So yeah, it, it it was a very very interesting very interesting part of my of my career. Yes. And as you have you have published uh, during this this six year and even patented you have two patents. Uh, if there is no if there is nothing uh, I mean confidential, could you tell us about a little bit the outcome specific outcome? What did you uh, discover and what did you uh, develop for now specifically, or is it something secret? Well, most of it is secret, <laughs> to be honest. I don't want to have any problem. But uh, there's one, the one that is uh, patented, I can tell you a little bit about it because, uh, and it's a very interesting story. And that it started actually from the moment uh, I, 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 I arrived in Miro's lab in Paris. And like I said, Miro was interested in uh, extremophile organism. And his idea was that uh, in this super resistant organism, we could find molecules or something to protect proteins against oxidation mm -hmm. because these organisms manage, manage to do that so maybe we can find something and that's basically was the extent of my task when i arrived in Miro's lab it's like okay then find it <laughs> so uh i actually didn't work uh right away on the model organism that he was working on and that's uh so i my i started by searching for a new uh, organism, uh, in part well, for different reason, but in, in part because of in terms of application, it's easier if you have your own uh, organism, bacteria. I was searching for bacteria, and um, and so I found I found a bacteria in Paris, actually in the in the in the falling snow. Uh, I I was searching for an environment in which I had chance to find extremophile and anything that comes from high altitude. So snow or rain, but it was February, so it was snowing, um, have to survive actually pretty extreme uh, condition, have to be in high atmosphere for a long time with extremely low temperature, uh, basically no liquid water and, and a relatively high level of uh, irradiation. So um, I, I collected this, I found the bacteria and in that bacteria, I found, uh, I found molecules that protect protein against oxidation. And this was the start of a relatively long story. So that story started in Paris. Uh, so it was more on the, on the fundamental side at the beginning. But of course, uh, the industry found a clear interest for that. We showed that it was protecting uh, cells. It was protecting basically everything mm -hmm. against almost any stress we could throw at it. So it was a very like a universal stress protectant, which as you can imagine, can have an interesting impact uh, for, for, for longevity, we actually uh, had a col collaboration once I was in, in, in Croatia with a lab working on Drosophila, which showed that there was also life extension, very, very, actually pretty, pretty good life extension, uh, up to 50%, if I remember well, 
uh, of this of this Drosophila once they were fed with this uh, with this uh, protein protectant that we found, and uh, and yeah, and so they they they. they that that's that's the biggest uh, let's say the biggest discovery I did and well let's say the one that I can talk about the most uh, and that's yeah that, that was very interesting obviously. I will ask you a question but feel free to you know to to refuse to answer could we expect to have some of this molecule in a in a in a nails let's say cosmetics absolutely yeah yeah, okay. yeah. I don't think I don't think that's a secret <laughs> uh, no no that's the idea of course uh, I, I I don't remember which brand they're going to put into because they have three of them um, but yes absolutely that that was the idea we, we actually a very big part of the experiment that we did especially in the in the latest years were the effect on skin cells on mm. skin itself how it was protecting and we show a lot of very interesting things uh, so uh, in the in the in the realm of skin and cosmetic we had actually a lot of very very good results and and yeah it, it's I don't know if it's already a product or it's soon going to be, but yeah, that, that, that's mm. the idea, absolutely. Great. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to have a good good cosmetic with a real molecule that works, you know you know where to knock to knock out, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to knock like the door that. out. Uh, so, uh, and then um, then you became a, a, an entrepreneur. You launched your own biotech startups. And how uh, the transition um, emerged, you know, in your mind, uh, the idea of launching startup and becoming a CEO, because it's 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 it's, it's totally a new life, you know, uh, becoming a CEO. Uh, so this is something also very interests me um, to understand uh, the motivation or the opportunity uh, you 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 saw uh, to 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 jump into into. A new kind of of, of uh, uncertainty because uh, you know becoming a CEO and a startup uh, uh, founder is something totally different once again. Yeah. So um, basically, this came little by little. So I cannot say like, like I was uh, the, the the my interest for aging come from all the way down to my late childhood. My my will and interest into becoming an entrepreneur came much later. This, this is something I grew into, to be honest. Um, and But this was much related to my passion still, because uh, at the end of the day, my wish is to find a solution, a concrete, applicable solution for everyone, obviously. And well, fundamental research uh, only can bring you so far and industry, especially if you're in cosmetic, can also bring you so far. So um, my 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 all my research basically, I proved that I was pretty good at finding new molecules, new anti-aging molecules. My uh, expertise in the field grew. My my recognition in the field also uh, 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 starting to grow. And uh, well, yeah, I, I reached the point where I realized that if I want to go further, uh, I need to, well, basically to leave uh, the world in which I, I grew uh, to, start, to start my own thing. And, and, your com and, and in a certain way, your, your comfort zone, because you were at the same time completely. director, director yeah. of research in a, in a famous uh, cosmetic company, group yeah. leader in a famous research institute, and you, you, you left the comfort zone to become a CEO. Yeah, that's true. That, you're right. It's always it's always a, a step to take, both for me and for my family as well. Uh, but you know, um, you gotta do what you gotta do. So that's uh, yeah. So did this the the first actually project, uh, the first company that I uh, that I started it was uh, two years ago, in 2020, middle of 2020. Uh, was a company that actually started with Mira Sarradman, which was a mm. French company. And the idea was to uh, pursue this discovery on, on protecting uh, on, on molecules that can protect proteins for application for neurodegenerative disease. Because, of course, application just for cosmetics is kind of a pity for a molecule that has so much potential. So um, I had personal interest in the disease, but uh, on top of that, so uh, mostly Parkinson and Alzheimer. Uh, on top of that, all these molecules, all the neurogenerative disease, are linked to protein uh, aggregation, oxidation. Uh, you know, for for Parkinson, for example, is alpha synuclein, 
protein that get oxidized, change folding, start aggregating, and, and, and will kill the dopaminergic neurons. So um, as, uh, you know, for, for the, that seems to be the main first application for such, uh, for such molecule. So uh, of course we couldn't use the molecule that, that I work with, with the, with the, with NAOS, uh, because they, 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 they own uh, the application and, and we are still in, you know, good, good relationship with them and they still finance the Institute. So the idea was to come up with new, uh, new molecules of similar activity, since I, I, I discovered not only the molecule, but how it functioned as well. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so we started a, a startup, it was 2020, it was the beginning of the, of the pandemics. Mm. And uh, well, I, I learned that it's not so easy <laughs> to start a biotech company. I had a few partners actually in France. And, uh, and so I, I, I had experience for like a year of uh, interacting with all sorts of very interesting people, top people in the industry, uh, top investors, top businessmen uh, from, well, a lot from France, but even from the rest of the world. And, uh, and basically we were searching for investors to be able to start this, this, this project uh, at, at, at a good scale, basically. Uh, and well, you know, <laughs> you, not everything works. So this project had to be put on hold. We actually even uh, closed the, the, the company that we started uh, simply because of lack of, uh, of, of funding, basically. And uh, yeah, but, you know, this remains something that must be done. So it's actually possible that NAUS will pursue in that direction. I very much hope so. Um, but yeah, so this was, this was my, first, uh, my first experience as a, as a businessman, let's say. And this was, this was really an uh, environment that I enjoyed a lot because I, I could learn so much and I was still very much connected to science, of course. Uh, so yeah, this, this, was, this was something really interesting. So let me, let me resume. You have a patented molecule with antioxidant, with, with major antioxidant activity. You know the, you know the mechanism. Uh, but because of the because of the um, let's say the economics of uh, and the, and the, and the era during the uh, COVID crisis, you ca you couldn't develop the, pro the project as far as you wanted. Um, so could we launch uh, a call eventually to industrialists or investors or entrepreneurs who would like to 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 join uh, this this project? Or is something that you want to keep it for yourself at this time? I mean. The, the, the research itself, the field, and, and everything that's, that the potential behind it is really big. Uh, yeah, one thing I learned during this, this, uh, this year, uh, 2020, 2021, basically, uh, was that it's really not so simple <laughs> to, find, uh, to find investors. But uh, yeah, the, 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 the idea uh, still exists, uh, and, and there's, there's a possibility to do, to do something out of that. I have other projects since that that could be founded with similar goals of of, of trying to 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 target neurodegenerative disease. This is, like I said, something that is even personal. There are cases in my family, uh, in also in my wife's family, uh, of of such neurodegenerative disease. So not just for me, but for my my children as well. This is something that you know I will have to find a solution at some point because this disease. Uh, all of them actually, uh, there, there are no, no solution whatsoever right now. Absolutely. You know, Parkinson, you can, you can reduce the, 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 the trembling a little bit, but this is just uh, the, the, the output of the disease, the cause of the disease. We have no way for now to do anything about it. So yeah, this is definitely something that is worth uh, you know, going towards. So, uh, and then uh, you, you launched uh, the Cell Culture Lab, right? Or is it something that come later? Or how, how did, you, did you make the transition between uh, this, this first startup and, and let's say uh, the, the, the last one, a Cell Culture Lab? Yeah. So basically, and that's important for anybody who wants to start a company. So I will answer this question with, <laughs> you know, slowly. Um, I think the main point, especially for a scientist to start a company is to meet the right people hmm. because, you know, um, I am not a businessman. Well, now a little bit, but uh, I definitely wasn't uh, two years ago. And uh, it was, it was about meeting the right people. So I, 
uh, through Miro, I met these this, uh, entrepreneurs in France and we started that first, uh, that first venture. Uh, but basically at the same time, I also uh, met people in Croatia uh, that were my friends uh, that were uh, that are long experienced business people um, and I started companies with them as well so basically we even started a company before we even knew exactly where we we're gonna go but they they, they they could see the potential in what I did mm. and they they basically wanted to do something with me so we created a company and then it took a few months to actually put things together to know exactly where we will be going, I, I actually started also. Uh, uh, if you allow me uh, an anecdote about uh, entrepreneurship, you know, usually people are seeking to have an idea, you know, the Eureka to launch the startup, and then they want to find the right co-founder co that will complement, you know, their skills and so on. And, and they never end this, this quest to find the idea or the co right co-founder. And the anecdote is the one of Helvet and Packard, you know, they were just friends, two engineers, And they say, okay, let's launch a company. But what we, what to do? We don't know. We, we like each other. We like to work with each other. And we we'd see uh, later what we were, were going to do. You know, and they launched the company. They just put their name. And, you know, they, they became the, the, the success uh, that we know now, Helvet and Packard. So this is exactly what you are talking about. So you, you have friends. Uh, you just launched a company and you decided to, to later to, you know, to find a good a good subject to to develop right something like that basically yeah and to be honest i have millions of ideas so i wasn't worried about about finding one and of course we had a overall idea of the of the direction but we we had uh yeah but yeah this is a similar similar situation i think people matters a lot mm. and uh sometimes people matters more than the idea So this is this is true, and and I've heard it uh, several times since now. I meet a lot of people in this in this uh, industry. Uh, finding the right people and being able to grow something uh, is sometimes more important than, than than the product itself. Absolutely. So let's now talk about Cell, Cell Culture Lab, uh, if you if you want, yes. uh, and let's let's dig deep into into what what is this new venture because it's uh, it's. Uh, It's very exciting. You want to rejuvenate the skin, uh, and this is a major topic uh, with a very po powerful economic potential. So, so could you could you present us Cell Culture Lab? Yeah. So just to put back a little bit of, of history, I mean, like I said, I worked for many many years into the into the cosmetic industry. So if anything, I learned a lot about skin uh, during my years there. And to be honest, I also learned that you cannot do so much with just cosmetic. There's only so much you can do by just putting something on the skin for this very simple reason that skin is, by definition, a wall. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to protect you from the outside, so it's not supposed to be so easy to get in, right? So, um, of course, after reading for years about uh, biology of aging of the skin, uh, I, I, my understanding was that one of the key points of, of Aging is what we call stem cell exhaustion. This is something that is one of the main, you know, uh, in that in that list of the main cause of aging. It's 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 up there, uh, and basically for skin. So skin is you know several layers, but the, the the core one is called the dermis, and the main cells in the dermis are called fibroblasts. And these cells, they are sort of strange stem cell like cells, and they are the one who build the whole matrix. So they make Uh, the collagen, hyaluronic acid, uh, the elastin. So all the things that you heard about that gives basically the texture of the skin, but also maintain its health. So uh, with age, we lose these cells. It's very simple. It's very well known. It's proven over and over. Uh, little by little, we are losing this cell. We have less and less. And that's why this, this, uh, this well, the whole skin is, is, is collapsing, let's say, little by little. And um, then it seems pretty obvious that if you could put them back, if you could take some cells and, 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 and grow them and, and put them back, this would have a very, uh, very interesting rejuvenating uh, effect. And this is something that is already being, uh, you know, investigated in many, many different uh, areas. The, the, the idea of replacing cells that are missing, it's, it's actually pretty obvious, honestly, when you think about it. But um, 
yeah, it was not, uh, it, it didn't exist at all in Europe. There were things done in, in, in US in that, in that direction, but nothing at all in, in Europe. And so that's that's how the that's how the the, the, the project started, and we, we created that company, which is actually a B two B company. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't uh, we don't provide uh, we don't provide uh, let's say uh, service. You don't invite patients at, at your office to to inject them. No, exactly not. And I'm, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a researcher. <laughs> so um, we our our we work with uh, with clinics, mm -hmm. and we work with labs. And uh, they 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 so the, the labs are the ones who are doing all the cellular cultivation, and the clinics are the ones who are doing the, the the biopsy to get a little bit piece of skin from which uh, fibroblasts are extracted and grow. And uh, to some degree, fibroblasts are even rejuvenating during the process of cultivation. And then they are re-injected uh, again in the clinic, uh, in, the, in the dermis itself. So just a question, because I, I noticed on your, website, on your website that you rejuvenate you know, the, the fibroblasts because the first thing that, that you know, popped in my mind when I read your, your protocol, I, I wondered if you took uh, fibroblasts from an someone who is already quite uh, senior, you know, the fibroblasts are already old. So um, how do you rejuvenate these cells? Um, do you have a, a particular protocol? Uh, uh, could you talk about it or is it something secret? Or? Unfortunately, I cannot talk about it. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's really, I mean, uh, yeah, we, we, there's only, there's only, that, that's actually a key point. Uh, of of the of the of the thing that we provide that uh, I I cannot uh, I cannot reveal uh, in in detail unfortunately but no yeah problem. that's the idea we we did measurements and we saw that the the, the fibroblast under very specific cultivation condition uh, would show a sign of rejuvenation rather than the other way around because normally when you cultivate cells uh, like you were pointing out especially if you start with cells from older donor. Uh, then you have obvious signs of aging. So being able to reverse that to some degree uh, really makes uh, the, the, the process much more efficient because just so the, 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 the process that we're using is called autologous fibroblast injection. So autologous means your own cells. Uh, and uh, clearly when the cells come from an older person, the, 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 the success rate uh, should be much, much lower. Uh, if you manage to rejuvenate them to some degree, then yeah, of course it works much, much better. And we we really had very, very, very nice uh, results uh, from from this um, well from this technique. Let's say I, I will try, but of course you are free to not answer. But the rejuvenation protocol is based on the cell culture, or do, is it is it something with I don't know, you know. Uh, Transfection, transit, transitory no, no, no. transfection. So that, that's actually a very important point. <laughs> no, there are no transfection. There are, okay. we are, we are, because this is something. I think there's a there's a there's a lab in UK who is doing that right now. Uh, uh, the this uh, you know the the ability to turn cells into uh, pluripotent stem cells. So mm -hmm. the, the IPS mm -hmm. uh, you know process in which you add three or four. Uh, molecules and proteins actually and and you manage to turn them back uh, this is something that is being investigated honestly i don't want to go in that direction uh, simply because if you manage to reach the ips uh, stage then uh, you are not guaranteed that the cells will turn back into fibroblast afterward and they, they are whatever they want and yeah and there's a risk of of uh, of uh, cancerization of mm -hmm. these cells so this is not good fibroblasts themselves skin fibroblasts especially don't turn into into uh, cancers but ipsc they can <laughs> so uh so no we, we don't use that it's all about the process of cultivation it has nothing to do with uh we, we don't alter the cells it's still your own cells they just are a bit younger and uh yeah your own cells uh and they are they are already let's say programmed to become um dermis and hypodermis uh producing factors such as fibroblasts so you don't need you know, to 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 orient the ips cell into the fibroblast lineages so of course it makes a lot of sense and and but i have also another question about the fibroblasts um 
you of course it's very easy you know you take a piece of skin and you 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 cultivate your culture you expand the fibroblast but you could you could have also f- imagine uh, imagine to to select you know uh, with the with the, with facts uh, some stem cell more more stem cells skin stem cells uh why did you why did you why did why didn't you um choose that path okay so um yeah so some people are working with stem cells uh and and even try to use it for uh, skin rejuvenation uh they use the mesenchymal stem cells mm-hmm. because these are the ones that are the easiest to get and they're, they're also the one with the most so when you hear about stem cell let's say 80 percent of the time it's mesenchymal stem cells Mm-hmm. And these cells, you can get them either from the bone, which is not so easy, but you also can get them from fat. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's much easier to get for most people. Uh, so it's like liposuction. And like you're saying, through facts, you can isolate the cells. You can also grow them and then you could inject them in the skin. So the problem is these mesenchymal stem cells, they can turn into fat cells. They can turn into bone cells and into joint cells, if I remember well. Uh, but definitely they cannot turn into fibroblasts. So um, our main interest was fibroblasts because only fibroblasts can, can do that. So, But the people who are doing that, so when you inject stem cells, the stem cells are producing factors that help other cells to grow. So they still have some good effect, let's say, but it's not nearly as good as if you were invest, uh, injecting directly the fibroblasts. So mm. it's the main difference. Another potential good aspect, and so we're keeping it in mind for future development, to be honest. Your, your question is right on, on, on point because this is definitely something we are considering. Um, the Not only the dermis is growing old, but the hypodermis. Hypodermis is basically where you store the fat. And so then here it would be it would be making a lot of sense because uh, especially on the face, there are places where you are gaining fat, but there are places where there's, there's a loss uh, actually. And so... Being able to put that back uh, could be could be useful. So combination of both uh, technique could be uh, could be quite interesting. So we'll get there at some point. But yeah, Nothing. very interesting, very interesting. And by the way, and I like the the your protocol because it's very uh, simple. You know, uh, no no fax selection, no IPS uh, uh, producing IPS. All of this uh, supplementary step can bring you know risk of contamination and. And um, and when you are in on the clinic, you know when you have to inject biological product, particularly living cells, uh, in 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 patient, you have also this you know this this supplementary risk of bringing, you know, pathogen. You know, so very very complicated. So it, more you add a step, more you brings risk on the on the table. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, anybody who is working in in cell culture in general, but anything like like you say. Contamination is the risk number one. It's the, something people get obsessed with that, really, and they should be. Uh, so everything is controlled, of course. So during the whole process, there are measurements also to make sure that they are in contamination. Uh, even so, I mean, people have immune systems, so they, they, normally they should get rid of it, but you don't want to take the risk. So clearly everything is controlled uh, mm-hmm. particularly well uh, at that level. So we're working with partner labs that are ex- especially good at that. So this is... Uh, so uh, at what stage uh, you are now? I mean, uh, do you master everything from, uh, from I mean, uh, the biopsy to the expansion to the injection? Or you are still in the research and development stage? Uh, or, or the product, I mean, re- is ready to sell to, to clinicians and to, to aesthetic doctors? Uh, yeah, so the, the product is ready. We already have a product. Uh, right now, the, the, the company will talk about that maybe a little after the, the company goals now is, is expansion toward uh, more market. Uh, when it comes to the R&D, so the company is very young and uh, R&D is very expensive. <laughs> so uh, we are uh, we are actually, and we will do that through the expansion. Uh, we will get some degree of investment for the company to be able to, to pursue it further. But uh, so again, system is working very well, but uh, you know, as a scientist still in mind, uh, I'm a perfectionist and I will always make it better. I will always find ways to, uh, to improve uh, the, 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 the protocol. And, and, you know, we also have to follow what is coming out there. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, I, I was, 
invited last week as a, as a guest speaker for Longevity Summit in Dublin. And, uh, you know, I have to go to this kind of conference, uh, not only because it's a good opportunity to meet uh, people in the industry, uh, investors, other uh, biotech uh, CEOs, but also because of the research. So making sure that I'm at the top of what exists in basically all field of aging is the core of, of my job and, and always will be. So hopefully I will never go too far away from, from science or else I will become almost useless. So yeah, so definitely there will be, there will be more, uh, more improvements in, in, in various directions, uh, but this will come in a second part. So maybe in a year or two. So the product is ready. <laughs> Sorry, the product is ready. I see. Um, uh, we can see on your on your website that there is a before and after um, uh, testing. Also, you know, with picture with with the ladies and and gentlemen who um, who have been um, who have been injected, and that you have a very very impressive, you know, uh, before and after pictures. Uh, but this this picture are let's say uh, clinical uh, essays or, 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 um, or exp experiment. But do you have right now client individual client? Yeah, we at, do. At the, at the end of the of the value chain, you know, who who has been injected by uh, an aesthetic uh, physician or or dermatologist by by your protocol? Yes, 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 we do. Yeah. yeah. So the 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 whole uh, protocol and everything was validated already. And uh, so we, we do have uh, uh, we do have customers in the company. So the company starts making money, which is good. Uh, quite recently, actually. But uh, but yes, on, on parallel of that, we are also doing some study uh, to 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 validate it even further, and also for marketing purposes. Mm -hmm. So we need to have like good uh, measurement, not just picture. Of course, picture are, are the core because at the end, people want to see differences. But we also have uh, ways to measure uh, the, 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 the progress. Let's say there are different tools to do that, and uh, and we want to have like more more more, more precise uh, more precise data basically to really quantify uh, quantify the efficiency of the system basically. Mm. And that's actually quite uh, interesting because the there are there are a lot of variability. So the for some people the results will be. You, you can gain basically anywhere between five to 30 years of, of skin aging back with that system. And that's quite, that's quite a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and as you saw on the, on the website, we had very impressive results with, uh, with people of 70 years old, uh, you know, with, uh, with like very mm -hmm. deep wrinkle in the, in the neck, which is actually... Uh, a very a very big problem for the aesthetic industry because they don't know how to fix it. So uh, if you in inject Botox, for example, um, it, it's not going to be it's not going to be working very well here. Yeah, there's no muscle, you know. In the, in the yeah, exactly. So uh, we actually have the best results in in that area. So for that, we are very competitive. Our we will uh, outcompete most people, I think, with with just that result. Uh, on top of that, the dermatologists we're working with, uh, they are interested in, in other applications. Uh, they want to help people. That's their, that's their job as a, as a doctor. And even so, we haven't yet go toward the pure medical aspect of it. There's potential, but we haven't been there yet. Uh, we already, uh, beside pure just wrinkles, let's say, and, and skin sagging, uh, we already seen some people who had uh, improvement for other things. Like, for example, uh, Acne scar, mm -hmm. something that make like holes in your skin. Uh, this can help definitely. Um, all sorts of uh, redness, or mm -hmm. that was my case, for example, uh, all over the face. So very uh, clear skin like this one uh, would be uh, much much improved by basically thickening the skin towards that uh, because that's that's what happened when you inject fibroblasts. The skin become a little bit thicker, stronger, healthier. So all these redness things tends to disappear. There's a, so we are, we are trying to see um, how we can help more people, uh, not just you know uh, to look better, but to 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 feel better <laughs> for themselves. And and hopefully in the future uh, we might also go toward more medical application. But again, we're not there yet. If you allow me, just to come back to a previous question about the rejuvenation of the the cell. Uh, expanded from the biopsy. Do you do you rejuvenate the cells 
systematically, I mean, if a young donor, let's say 40 years old, give a biopsy, uh, um, gives a biopsy, uh, do you rejuvenate the cells or, or you, do you have a kind of, you know, a threshold, you know, say you say after six, 60 uh, years old, we, we will rejuvenate systematically or how, how does, how do you rejuvenate? Not, not, not the technique, of course, but. Uh, now this is part of the process. This is part of the process. And basically the idea is that uh, cultivation by itself is a stress. Mm-hmm. So when you cultivate cells, you have what we call passage effect. Uh, and the, the the cells are in an environment where they are at uh, you know twenty percent oxygen, that's mm-hmm. amount of oxygen eighteen uh, in the in the in the air, which is much higher than the amount of oxygen that they would feel in the in the body, which is about five percent. So uh, this this actually is a stress. So the first thing that we do, and I have really big uh, effect, is to make the it's like a spa for the cells, really. Like we are trying to put them in the best possible condition so that they don't get stressed by the cultivation. And this we do systematically. And uh, on top of that, of course, there's a lot of steps within the, the, the cultivation that has been optimized. And this results in overall uh, rejuvenation of cells. But we do that no matter what, because we know that the cells like it, that it's good mm. for them. So okay. we're, not, uh, we're not selecting which one will go towards specific. So this might change in the future if we come up with like a more high-tech uh, you know, if we ever went toward like gene modification, which is not going to happen anytime soon, um, then yeah, maybe we would be more selective on what kind of uh, cells, what kind of uh, people samples would go into what kind of treatment. For the moment, it's a solution that fits all. Okay, this is great because uh, there is no different protocol based on age. So you have the same protocol. So this is very important. Uh, for for you know for the commer- for the production manufacture and and yeah. the commercialization of the product so it's it's more more it's simple more it's easier better it is yeah. uh, faster it is to go to the market so um uh, if i'm uh, a dermatologist mm-hmm. with my own clinic you know i clinic you know uh, liberal uh, you know activity uh doing some aesthetic medicine also uh, can i uh, contact you and and or is it something right now not not i mean uh, um because you say you, you work with b2b with clinics but yeah. how big are the clinics you know is it big aesthetic clinics or, or the the individual dermatologist working in the city can can contact you and and offer your 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 protocol to his to his patient <clears throat> so the most important part to understand is that uh, we are working on the country basis because each country has their own regulation. Even with the EU, each country has their own regulation. And uh, it's important to follow the regulation of the country in which you're working. So basically, each country would require not only to have clinics, but also to have their own lab. And the lab has to be under the, 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 the criteria that is defined by the country. So, um, yeah, so if you are in Croatia, uh, then... Uh, is fine because we already have set everything there for that. We're working with labs that are on, on, uh, you know, working with the criteria that are required there. And uh, then, yes, uh, in theory, it doesn't really matter the size, but we, we prefer to have not too many clinics because that's not the idea. Mm-hmm. Have one or two clinics per city would be uh, would be enough. Uh, we prefer the one who already have a certain size. Uh, so that they, they they have already the, the the clientele. We're also developing a part of the business, which is about uh, medical tourism. Mm-hmm. So we live in a beautiful sunny country, you know, Croatia, mm-hmm. and uh, medical tourism is something that is really developing there. And uh, you know, Europe is a relatively small continent, so you can come to Croatia uh, and and get the treatment done. Uh, you know, easily. There's already dentistry that has been uh, developed like that. There's a lot of things actually. And, uh, and yeah, so we have partners who are just our representative for a country. So, for example, uh, in Belgium, we have that in place. And, uh, and their job is to basically uh, advertise uh, for the treatment and uh, send, uh, send customers to, to Croatia. So, this very is so very interesting. Um, you, need to, you need to you choose country based on... On the on the fact that they have all the value chain, you know, already there, you know, um, laboratories uh, with clinical grade who can who can do the 
the, the, the expansion of the cells in, in a good condition. Uh, all also uh, aesthetic clinics uh, with good, with good um, let's say, um, um, uh, how can I say that? Uh, clean, you know, uh, with the clean techniques and, and good professionals working there. Uh, so this is the kind of the country you 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 seek to for targeting your your commercial expansion. Yeah, something like that. So right now, this yeah, we are in the point of the company, even so the company is pretty young. Uh, but the, the the development abroad uh, becomes almost an obligation because many many people are coming to us and asking, can we do it in our country? Uh, this happened to a point that you wouldn't believe. So people are really, really interested in this. Uh, in some cases, we have to tell them no, because we know that in that country specifically, it would be too complicated. France would be one of these, for example. Regulation is very strict there, and, and it, would, it wouldn't it uh, would be easy to, to do it there. So for such country, we will develop more the medical tourism part than, the, than developing uh, the, the network of, of clinics. But then, yeah, there are some countries. So we are in discussion, for example, with uh, countries like... Uh, uh, Mexico, US, uh, UK, uh, China, so big markets mm -hmm. in which, uh, so for some, it's already pretty advanced discussion. For some, we just started. But the idea is, uh, well, it's almost, I mean, it's kind of franchising uh, system in which we will develop in, in each country and we will either work with uh, expert uh, labs or even set one because setting a lab is not that complicated and it's good to have full control over what's happening. Mm. You know, make sure that everything is, you know, as we want them, as we want it to be. So uh, the, the, the expansion will probably also go with the possibility of, of developing our own lab. So this is, uh, this is what the, the future will bring us, hopefully. It's interesting what you, are, what you said about fr the franchise uh, strategy, because it means that you have a... Um, a uh, what's say an entry barrier uh, and you talk about already about your protocol of, of expansion that is uh, a secret because it's 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 helped to self rejuvenate during 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 the expansion is it is it the, the only only um proprietary uh, industrial pro uh, pi that you have proprietary in, um sorry uh, i mixed that industrial yeah. property uh, ip yeah ip yeah uh well I mean, yes, I would say that that's the that's the that's because the, I don't I, I don't want to offend you, but if you talk about uh, taking fibroblasts, expanding, and injecting them into 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 the skin, it's something you know. For me, it's quite uh, you know quite uh, uh, you know quite common you know. But no, 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 I'm no, pretty sure course. I'm pretty sure because you have a strong background and you you know what you are doing that you have something very very protectable in, in, in this in this business. Uh, absolutely, and it is. It is. It is. Uh, it, it is the case. It's not. It's not nearly as simple as it looks. <laughs> so we are not too worried about uh, other people doing the same thing. Like I said, it does exist uh, something similar. Let's say in some countries, but we yeah we we, we made it such that uh, our technology is uh, is better in many ways. That's easy to claim, but of course it, it's all down to the results. So we know that uh, we are not facing the same issue that that uh, others are, are are facing. For example, the the fact that it worked less well on on older people for most uh, most of this uh, uh, of this strategy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, the the, the 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 of course the expansion depends, of course, on on the on this ability to 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 provide uh, this this know how to each of the of the of the branch. I don't know how to call that, but yeah. Fantastic. So let me make some resume of uh, what you have said about uh, um, cell, uh, about your new venture, uh, Cell Culture Lab. Uh, you have uh, launched uh, a new way to rejuvenate skin by uh, re by injecting the, the cells of the patient itself in, 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 a, in an autologous manner, uh, rejuvenated ex vivo, and then injected into the into the skin of the patient this is great because it, there is no rejection and they have uh, their own cells rejuvenated with your protocol and they have they can see the, the picture on your website they have amazing uh, outcomes for 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 the skin and they last 5 years 
uh, more than five years because it's it's living cell that doing the job inside the inside inside the skin, not not just you know injection of of botox or hyaluronic acid or collagen that you know they last a couple of months or yeah. you have to inject inject and then we receive the the, um, the you know the the the, um, the result on 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 the face of some ladies who, who abuse of botox and etc. This is living cell, your own cells that do the job. Uh, in your skin, so they 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 rejuvenate you. Uh, so this is great. Your company has a protocol that uh, allow you allows you to uh, to rejuvenate the cell. This is something proprietary. All all the value chain also is very complicated and know how that you you, you master. Um, what can I say more? You are already um, a revenue stage startup. This is great. Uh, and uh, do you have co-founder who you would like to 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 say hello or to employee? Uh, um... Yeah. So the, the the my my for this for this company I, I started with a Belgian uh, businessman uh, Ronnie Hasen, who has um, well he's been a businessman his whole life and his father as well. So he grew up in that uh, environment, different kind of business. But uh, yeah, I, it would have been very difficult for me to to start from scratch with someone like that. So I learn uh, I learn a lot from from working with him, that's for sure. And uh, and I also have a very good uh, very good business partner in uh, who is Croatian, Marin Bosotina, uh, who uh, who was in a closer uh, let's say business. He was in the uh, blood analysis uh, business all over the country and even abroad. And uh, and yeah, I, I mean, without without partners like that, I I, I couldn't do uh, what we're doing now, and I couldn't be where I am now. Great, many more actually, so many more. We are reaching the end of this interview, so uh, if you allow me, some last question uh, about about you as a CEO. Are you are you happy as a CEO as a as an entrepreneur, or or do you miss? I mean, the 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 researcher. Um, do your researcher uh, position or so um i i haven't regretted one second since mm -hmm. the moment i took that decision i really embraced it i enjoy it very much mm -hmm. uh, this is something that is very very fulfilling you don't have a day that is similar as the previous or the next so uh, this is something that is very exciting i i got to meet a lot of very very interesting people uh of, of many many different branches that i wouldn't get to meet uh, otherwise and luckily for me i'm still uh, i'm still a scientist actually mm -hmm. so i don't get to miss it because i still get to be you know like, like i said i was in a i was a i was a speaker at a conference science conference last week i will be again in a in a couple of months and uh, you know uh, within the the scientific community i'm still at my place which is which is great uh, otherwise i would definitely miss it i mean i still love science uh, very much and this is still my my main uh my core motivation and and also my my high level of expertise obviously so I, i'm very happy that i can do both i always like to do several things at the same time and I, i'm very happy that i can do both yeah fantastic uh, and could you uh, as a conclusion offer some piece of advice to phd student and postdoc who would like you know to launch their, their own tech startup and you know they are in this position to hesitate you know because what happened if I left the academia? Uh, uh, there is this uncertainty in 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 a, in, a, in a world that I don't know anything. Uh, do you have some couple of advice for them? Yeah. So I think first of all, it's important uh, not to get um, how to say uh, into the false impression that to be uh, to be an entrepreneur you have to be twenty five. You know, uh, especially in biotech, it's it's good to have experience. Really, uh, you you need to grow uh, to the point where you can start your own biotech. Of course, if you're 25 and you're ready for it, why not? But you know, there are some things that takes time, and and expertise uh, takes time. Uh, that's the first thing. And and like I said earlier, really the critical point, especially for someone who is a scientist, is to find the right partner. So mm -hmm. you. Um, I would really encourage people to go to this kind of conference uh, where you have a diverse crowd, not just scientists, but also other entrepreneurs and, uh, and investors and start talking to these people. 
because uh, you know that that's when the connections are made and you you build a whole network. Uh, and and honestly, when you are driven by passion, it's not very hard to 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 create connection with people like that because they they usually share your passion. Uh, they are at, at at similar events, so they are they are interested by the same things, and 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 things really come more easily than one would think. You know, if, uh, they, they, the, the connection arrives uh, easily, and and that's that's how you can then 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 they will even tell you if you are ready or if if your project is ready or your idea is ready to be turned into into uh, into a company. Fantastic. Um, and maybe if you would like to recommend us a book, a podcast, or a film or, uh, that inspire you or even taught you a skill uh, in business or in entrepreneurship or anything that you think that it's important for, for younger people to, 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 you know, to, 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 um, to embrace? Yeah, that's, that, that's a tougher question, honestly, <laughs> because I, I don't read nearly as much as I should. Uh, and I, be, I get my knowledge from other people. So it could be a book or a movie you 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 know you read or saw or watch when you were younger. You know, no, no matter uh-huh. if it was yesterday, it could be something. Well, I mean, like- I watch I watch science fiction and I read science fiction almost exclusively, and it is a source. It is a source of of uh, of motivation. I, I I'm I've been reading uh, recently the Three Body Problem. Uh, it's a classic. Well, it's, it became a classic uh, of science fiction. It's more towards physics than biology, but uh, I like science fiction because it shows you the world as it could be. And as a scientist, this is also the way that we see the world. We don't live so much in the past or even in the present. We like to project ourselves in the future. Mm-hmm. And especially when, our, when the goal is trying to find a cure for, 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 for aging, then you have to project yourself in the future. Science fiction is really, is really good for that. And there are a lot of, of uh, great, uh, great authors and great, uh, great books and, and movies that, that, yeah. I agree. Science fiction, science fiction is great. Uh, It's uh, it's fantastic now, particularly American ones, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, they are you know they have a sci- top level scientists who are consultant in, in every movie and and, and series, so they, they are, their their fiction are, are usually evangelization of the product what American are building you know so so it's great. Thank you so much uh, for being my guest. It was a real pleasure to have you. A great honor because you have you are a very precious. Um, Uh, scientist entrepreneur so we are very glad to you know to have you in Europe so I wish you all all the best for for your new venture and hope to meet you in person in the next uh, month or yeah okay thank you very much thank you very much for inviting me and this was this was really interesting for me as well